Devani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities and family owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Delivery, takeout, or dine-in, they've got you covered. Order online at Devani's.com. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It is Thursday, October the 19th. Good morning. Billy Idol with White Wedding. Billy Idol's still kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. saw him a few months ago. Yeah, he's I think very he's, cool. I think he's cooler than ever, actually, because he's aged well. He looks good. He sounds good. And he still plays uh, same guitarist forever. Mm-hmm. Whose name escapes me, mm-hmm. Candace? Uh, I don't know, but Steve he's somebody. good looking. Something. Steve somebody. I got the Steve part. But I mean, he's just, anytime I see Billy Idol, I guess I guess I have a, a subconscious expectation that he's going to look like a prune and just be one of those like, oh, come on, you know, you can't understand it. He's great. He's really, really bright, really witty, sharp dude. He reminds me, he's like the Steve Martin of rock and roll. Where Steve okay. Martin got that look when he was 22. And now Steve Martin yeah. is 73, and he looks exactly the same. Billy Idol, kind of the same thing. He got the crew cut with the blonde hair and the leather yeah. vest. He got that at 19, still looks exactly the same. It's a it's a great plan, oh, really. Yeah. Get, get that look early. It's it's kind of like Slash, top hat. Yeah. Just just keep the top hat, man, all these oh, years yeah. later. There's so many outfit changes. It's <sighs> yeah. lovely. Could you Steve- imagine Andrew Dice Clay with like a cardigan oh vest God. on yeah, yeah <laughs> no, no that wouldn't never, really work worked, wouldn't yeah. really work yeah. steve stevens that's his name i mean yes. how could i forget that <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> steve. what is it uh... but but think about billy idol like he he went through a period of time though when he was not cool because that's what happens to any pop slash rock star you're you're cool until you're not and everybody goes through that but uh i wonder if billy idol has kids because i guarantee you they never thought he was cool they're like, Dad, you, you, the spiky hair thing, you're 52. Get over it. Yeah. Stop it. Because no matter what you do, uh, no matter how cool you are, no matter how hard you try, you, we, we've all gone through it. Well, the, those of us with kids go through it. You're, you're, you are the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then you're persona non grata. And now my kids are old enough. They're 23 and 21. They're coming back around to how cool me and uh, Rosemary are. But it's been a, it's been a long time coming. And I and I there's an article where Cheryl Crow's talking about that. Cheryl Crow just went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to explain who she is. There's no context needed. She's stinking Cheryl Crow from Cannet, Missouri. And she has two sons, they're teenagers, and she gave an interview and she's like, I I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and until I explained to them it's like the Pro Football Hall of Fame, then they were like, Oh, okay, cool. That is cool. Cause no matter what she does, she just mom. Right, yeah. you know what I mean, and and it's and I it's it does and again it, you don't have to be Cheryl Crow or Billy Idol. No matter what you do, man, there is a moment in time when you look at your kids and you realize they think I'm the <laughs> biggest dork that has ever walked upright. Yeah, you're yeah. just in the way. You're just a dad yeah. going to radio. Uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers tells this story about how like his son's first day of sixth grade. He made him drop him off four blocks from school, and he stopped oh, the car and went, do you know who I am? Yeah. I am Flea from yeah. the Red Hot Chili. I'm the coolest bass player who's ever lived. You think I'm embar- you're embarrassed of me? Yeah, yeah. sure. That's uh, how that goes, yeah. man. It's exactly how that goes. There's things we've all done for our kids they weren't impressed with. There's things we've all done 
to impress ourselves that our kids just laughed at and mocked us mercilessly. It's a brutal game having kids. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you. Everybody's got these stories. We'll be we'll be taking them all day long on the KQ Talking Text Line six five one nine eight nine Rock. You can always get on the KQRS Facebook page and let us know. I had a master stroke of cool in two thousand ten. Um, ACDC was touring on the Black Ice album. They toured in 2009 and in 2010. In 2009, I took the kids to see them in Nashville. Had a great time. They loved it. A year and some change later, they're still on tour, and they're playing in Louisville, Kentucky, which is like a three-hour drive. And I had a friend who ran a tour bus company. And I called him, and I said, hey, and I knew he loved ACDC. So I said, hey, man, do you want to, would you like to go see ACDC, like with a backstage pass and everything? And he's like, oh, my God, yeah. I go, all you got to do is give me a bus. And I'll get you in. And he's like, wait, what? I said, I want to go to Louisville and I want to bring a group of people and let's take one of your buses and I'll I'll pay for the fuel, but I don't want to pay for the cost a thousand bucks a day for yeah. a tour bus. Ooh. I said, just fill it up with gas and I'll whatever that costs. He's like, done, deal. So I got the steel century because I can get us hooked up with tickets and passes. So I, I'm thinking like this is the coolest thing imaginable. I'm I'm taking my kids and t- two of their friends and a couple friends of mine. And we're going to take a bus to go see ACDC in, a, in another town. I, I, honest, honest to God, I thought, like, this is the coolest thing I'll ever do. Yeah. This is good. This is the people it's I the, know. The pinnacle. The world I'm in. Private coach. Day, you know, I'm not on the road myself. It's not my band's bus. This is great. So I'm loving life. We drive to Louisville. We have a great time. We see the show. After the show, Brian Johnson comes by, says hi to the kids, says hi to my friends, tells the boys a dirty joke. It's all great. We drive home. It's amazing. A few months later, I'm on tour in L.A. I call home, and and Rosemary says, well, Connell, that's our son. He's having a rough day. He's pretty upset. He wants to say goodnight. And I, because I call to say goodnight to the kids every night, and I get on the phone, and he's literally like this. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, Dad. And I'm like, Bud, what's going on? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah. And I said, I I said, I miss you so much. He goes, yeah, I miss you. And I'm assuming he's crying because he misses me. Uh And I said, you know what? I'm going to be home. It's less than a week. We got six more nights, six more sleeps, and then I'm going to be there. And he's like, yeah, well, it's not really that. (laughs) And I go, oh, well, did something happen at school? And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And I go, Bud, what? Just tell me, what is it? And it takes some coaxing and some prodding. And I'm like, bud, you just let it'll feel better to let it out. And he goes, I just wish, I just wish. And he takes a deep breath and goes, I wish you were in ACDC. <laughs> and he is wailing. And I've, I looked at the phone like, this is not happening. And I go, you do? Why? And he goes, well, because they just, all their songs rock. They don't play any slow songs. Because he was bored to tears at Black oh, Rose sure, Days. Yeah. Just oh, bored. To, oh. He liked the hits, but man, we'd be jamming up there and we'd be a musical exploration of the minor key progression <laughs> that never belonged and hard to handle to begin with. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh my God, kill me. <laughs> and then he's like, ACDC just rocks. And 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 they only tour like every five years. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and they, they play arenas and stadiums. And I go, yeah. And he goes, and we can always have our own bus. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I had two thoughts i went first was that i said buddy i i now i wish i was an acdc yeah. too those are all great points but the second thought was 
I tried to do something cool, and this is what I get for it. Yeah. All I did was explain and show a living example of how cool my band isn't by taking my kids to CACDC in our own bus. Because we didn't get our own bus in the Black Crows. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, you're killing me here, kid. Did at some, at some point your wife pull you aside and be like, Steve, can you just at least try to get into ACDC for the boys? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what's, for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she didn't have to. I, I, I was. That's job. I'm still trying to get an ACDC, like every other drummer on earth I know. Wow. What are you kidding? When Phil Rudd was accused of hiring a hitman to kill that contractor, mm-hmm. everybody that knows anyone in ACDC's phone, every drummer on earth was like, "Hey, uh, what's going on with yeah. Phil?" Yeah, of course. Don't kid yourself. I tried to impress my little brother um, in a much less rock star way involving uh-huh. ACDC. Okay. So my brother is half my age, so right. we I wanted to take him to L.A. to see ACDC at Dodger Stadium for his first concert. I mean, that's a huge deal. That's yeah. incredible, And actually. it was amazing, you know, but he was just like a little 13-year-old kid. Like, the whole time, I'm like, did you see that? Look over there. Look at the fight. Like, the whole time, probably just bugging the crap out of him. Right. And I'm sure, like, he told me today that he, like, appreciated that, and it was so much fun. But, man, I did not think well, he thought it was cool at was all. He, was he already an ACDC fan? No. Or, oh, well, <laughs> but yeah. But it's ACDC. Well. The whole thing <laughs> yeah, is Dodger it, Stadium in L.A. They like, to right. learn them. Exactly. He doesn't like the Dodgers. He doesn't like ACDC. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't care for Mexican food. There's a lot of things we could poke holes in this yeah. whole theory. I'm just saying, I thought that was pretty cool. And, it was. Uh, it, was know, a, it was a valiant effort. don't realize. Yeah. My daughter's vegan, and I took her to the hot dog eating contest at Coney Island, and she was not impressed. Why? Why? <laughs> well, you've done, we've all, I mean, in, in ways great and small. I, Tony, I mean, mm-hmm. I think you're a cool guy. Thanks. I do. <laughs> I do. But I, but I, 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 but there's, and you are in prime, prime age with, with uh, Hudson and Augie, where they're kind of like, you know, my dad's on the radio. I mean, they, they, they love, I, I see them with you. It's great. But I know around their friends, they, it's, and it's not their fault. It's that age. You got to mm-hmm. gauge, you got to, you got to put your, you got to lick your finger and stick it up and see which way the wind is blowing for the social clout algorithm of what do I say my dad or mom does, you know, all that kind of stuff. Here's what's cool. They, they love the place I work. It's really yeah. cool. They mm-hmm. love they to do. come and play in the studio and they yep. think it's super cool. Just but, like Chauncey. Yes. But me as a human being, cause I, the, the most humbling moment was uh, when when finally I caught him one time and I had, like walked by and I saw them looking at each other and just laughing and like giggling about <laughs> something I'm like hey uh, what's uh, what's up fellas <laughs> no nothing dead and I know they were talking about me and making fun sure. of, of me behind my back oh, yeah. and doing like and they they pick up on things you say and they they mock you and that's it's uh, incredible that's crushing. <laughs> No, having kids in your house, it's like putting it's like putting ring cameras in every square <laughs> inch of the house. Like yeah. everything you do and say is being documented. Yeah, yeah. Our our kids. It's funny now, and, and it, it is funny now. It wasn't when they started this, but they will. Anytime the four of us are together, within an hour, one of the two kids will be like. Remember that time Dad did that? And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, you saw that? You oh, yeah. know about that? Everything. They see everything. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing less cool than Dad, no matter no matter who you are. Cheryl Crow, like you said, Flea had that story. And 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 every one of us, it doesn't matter. I mean, my dad used to we I thought I remember thinking my dad was the coolest guy in the world because he worked at a bowling ball factory. And mm-hmm. we could go get bowling. I had my own bowling ball. And then literally overnight one day I was like, what kind of dork makes bowling balls? Sure. It just happens. It's just yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Oh, you're so cool because you make bowling balls. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I was in uh, Kansas City on the road opening for uh, Jonathan Kite, who is uh, the Russian chef from Two Broke Girls. I don't know if you guys ever watched it on CBS, but nice guy, great comic, so much fun to hang out with, but he knows the band Haim, who mm-hmm. used, used okay. to open for Taylor I, Swift. I, yeah. oh my, okay, sidebar, I had a dream that I was hanging out with Haim last night. No way! I really, I truly did. I'm getting goosebumps. I, I, I love that. I think yeah. they're amazing. They're, yeah, I, I took my daughter to see Taylor Swift on the 1989 tour, and then Haim opened. Yeah. And my daughter loved them. Mm-hmm. So while we're at the show in Kansas City, John was like, hey, by the way, uh, the gals from Haim are rehearsing here in Kansas City. They're coming <laughs> to our show tonight. So I call my daughter. I go, you're never going to believe it. The band Haim's coming to Daddy's show tonight. She goes, okay. And? <laughs> I goes, what do you mean? Okay, and I said, okay, yeah. that, that's so cool. She goes, oh, okay, are they coming here? Do I get to come hang? I was like, oh, well, no. Man. She goes, okay, okay, well, that's awesome. Good for you. I got stuff to do. I'll see you later. I was like, well, wow. three years yeah. ago, you would have lost your mind. You would have absolutely oh, lost yeah. your mind. Oh, that's a rough one. What have you tried to do for your kids and it backfired? Because no matter what you do, you're still mom and dad. Let us know. KQRS Facebook page. Or if you want to give us a buzz, 651-989-ROCK. But uh, right now, we're going to take a break. Then we will come back with a Mike Evans Hollywood report. So hang tight. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show, Thursday, October 19th. And it is 632, which is a perfect time to check in with Mike Evans. Today's Hollywood report. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, get ready for a big weekend. One more day. Counting. And don't forget... When the weekend comes, it's a good time to go to the movies. Marcus Theaters, the best, fabulous movies. Movie theater in the, in, in the Twin Cities. And I don't ever talk about it, but the, the lounge recliners there, it, there's one bad thing about them, Steve. It, it, it's easy to fall asleep. They're so comfortable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you got to be careful of that, but we'll have more movie news tomorrow. Got some movie news today. First off... Uh, no comment from Justin Timberlake regarding Britney Spears claiming that he made her get an abortion. Here's a question. Steve, do you think Justin Timberlake's wife, Jessica, knew about this before it broke? I, I don't even know who she is. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, you might as well ask me if she prefers mustard or ketchup. I, I don't have a clue. I, mean, I wonder if Justin tells his wife, Jessica Biel. I, I, here's I what I think. I, I think if, if you're upset about something, someone that you – if somebody does something 20 years ago before you met them, and if it upsets you, you got issues. Yeah. I was just, just, I was just curious if he's, what kind of marriage they have, open marriage. No, I, I don't know a thing about it. But I do know that uh, he hasn't said a word about it, and he probably nope. won't because he's smart enough to listen to people who tell him things like, you have no reason to weigh in on this whatsoever. I agree. I agree. Uh, I got some movie news. So, you know, it's really hard. There's so many movies that I can't keep up with all of them. But uh, my buddy Big Bad Stu uh, turned me on to a new movie uh, that just uh, was added to Netflix. Watched it last night, loved it. It's called Reptile, and it stars Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro, yep, Michael Pitt, Alicia Silverstone. Uh, have you seen it? Yes, I, I actually have, and I started it when I was half in the bag, and I kept falling asleep, and I have no idea what happened, but I know how it ends. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I thought it was a great, well done movie. A lot of twists, a lot of surprises. Mm-hmm. Again, Rotten Tomatoes and I do uh, not agree on this. They only gave it a 43%. I gave it three stars. I thought it was really good. I probably saw 43% of it, and I enjoyed that that parts that I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. So this weekend, if you're just hanging out and you have uh, wanted to check out a movie, check out Reptile on Netflix. Drop me a line on uh, on my email. Let me know what you thought. Right on. 
Uh, big news opening everywhere tomorrow, Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. And not even Rotten Tomatoes could get this wrong. Uh, they gave it 96%. Well done. I gave it three and a half stars, but I would have given it four stars if the thing wasn't three hours and 26 minutes long. Uh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and Jesse Plemons and John Lithgow and Brendan Fraser and many, many others. Yeah. Uh, it is the true story of the 1920s Osage Indian oil strike uh, in Oklahoma. And unfortunately, the murders of some of the tribe members by oil-hungry invaders, written, produced, and directed by the great Martin Scorsese. I mean, it's an incredible film, but Steve, if your butt can take three hours and 26 minutes sitting in, in a movie theater... Well, Unless you know, I, I, it, but it's 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 Marty, as as his friends call him. I'm not one of them, but they they it's Marty. So I, I'll give him three and a half hours. He's earned it. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, television viewership increased 13 percent in September, a uh, bigger increase than expected. But I think we know why. College and NFL football. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Saturday night live ratings were up. But I thought, other than Pete Davidson's monologue, which uh, I don't know if you saw it, I thought it was really funny. Um, um, I, saw, I saw the monologue. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah. But the rest of the show sort of went downhill from there, like it has the last oh, couple Oh, wait, of years. wait. I, I didn't mean the monologue. His cold open was also wonderful. Uh, Absolutely. Shockingly um, insightful from a guy you don't expect that from, even knowing his history. I thought it was a really, really well done uh, take on the situation in the Middle East. Absolutely. I thought it was great. Fabulous. Uh, there won't be any viewership for Showtime's sports programming. They're shutting that thing down. Who, cool, baby? Uh, you can only get your butt beat and lose money for so long. Showtime was just in over their heads. They couldn't get the really great sports uh, events, so right. probably better to shut her down. Yeah. Here's a strange one. Caitlyn Jenner apparently quietly planning on writing a tell-all book about the Kardashians because she is so furious that they have turned their back on her and bad-mouthing mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I, I think know. you could have stopped when you said, here's a strange one, yeah. Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and an update on the SAG after strike talks. Right. No update. No update. Uh, do you think you think it go to Christmas? I, from what I hear, it certainly can. I, who would have thought the writers would uh, would exhibit more, uh, or would, would 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 seem to have more leverage than the actual faces, the actors themselves? I'm pretty surprised by all this. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand what their philosophy is. Mm-mm. But uh, I guess we'll figure that out. We'll find that out. Uh, everything going good in the Twin Cities? Everything's wonderful, Mike. Thank you, brother. How's 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 the uh, how's the springs treating you right now? Uh, it's getting hot again. Yeah, that's how that works. 101 tomorrow. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, have a great day. Uh, movie, more movie news tomorrow. Uh, be safe. See you. Right on. Thank you, Mike Evans. The Hollywood Report every morning around this time. Um, let's see. Anything of... No- yeah, I, I will go see the Scorsese film. Um, only because all the word for, for months has been. People mm-hmm. who see it say, no, no, this is this is as good as it gets. And, and, I'll, and I'll give the guy three and a half hours. There's not too many movies... I, did, I liked Oppenheimer. I, I totally was engrossed. Uh, but, yeah, three and a half, that is, that is a long one. That's, um, that's longer than a concert I want to sit through. That's longer than most things I want to sit through. But, yeah. but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's funny that maybe we, it's just age, but you get to a point where you, you're so excited to go see a band. Like the last time I saw the Foo Fighters, who I love. Mm-hmm. 
we got to the two hour forty five minute mark, and I'm like, Dave, yeah, no, wrap it, it up, dude. Yeah. Like, I want, I'm, I've been standing here, my feet yeah. are killing me. I wore Chuck Taylors to be cool tonight. Yeah, I, I don't, I didn't put Doctor Scholl's inserts in them. My feet are killing me, Dave. We, we got to go to bed. The, I, the, it's funny you say that because the last time I saw him, I had the exact same thing. And at the time, and I left there, I did leave before they finished, and they were doing like an extended version of the Rolling Stones' Miss You. And I'm like, okay, oh yeah. my God, are you, now you're doing a Stones song? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> and of course, everyone's having a blast, and to their credit, but you know, me at whatever, 52 at the time, I'm like, yeah, no, okay, I'm out. I, I would gladly pay double the concert price if you start at 4 p.m. Oh, man. hey, <laughs> hey, sure. hey, by the way, my band Bagmen, we're, we're playing. Uh, 7th Street Entry on November 10th, the Friday night. Bagmen are playing in town. Can't wait. We are, uh, we are, this is our eighth show. And we have a couple, we have two things that we tell the promoters at clubs. No opening act, and we start at eight. Nice. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you will be out of there by 10.15 at the latest. Yeah. I mean, if it's going exceptionally well, uh, we'll, we'll go to 10.15. Sure. But we're going to give you about two hours of really good <laughs> rock and roll music with a whole lot of guitar solos. And it's going to groove, and you're going to have fun. And then, by God, by midnight, we're not just in bed. We're sound asleep. Yeah. That's um, just how that goes. Uh, yeah. The party used to start at 10.15. Oh, and, God. And now, yeah, could you imagine? Course. I mean, I know it would sound like you know, Old Man River screaming at Cloud, but it really, at some point, you do go, this is ridiculous, you guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, it's yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it, fighting, uh, fighting your own genetic, as you age, predisposition to getting up earlier, going to bed earlier. You can fight it all you want, but it's a losing battle yeah that's just all there is to it all right let's look back how about a quick history lesson it is october 19th one year ago today how about this for a little sports history the philadelphia phillies played the san diego padres in the playoffs phillies right-handed pitcher aaron nola faced his brother austin nola in a playoff baseball game that's the first time that's happened a pitcher pitched to his brother on the other team uh, austin went one for two Started a rally with an RBI in the game. The Padres won the game 8-5. to five. And I think about that. What would it feel like to play against your older brother? In my house, if I beat one of my brothers in a game of horse in the driveway, mm -hmm. that was like winning the NBA title to me. Being in a major league playoff game and facing your brother, when I think about that, yeah. I can't believe it. But then actually I think, no, what about the parents watching your kids compete? Think about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It'd be actually really easy for me. Because every time you see brothers or sisters competing, they say, who are you rooting for? And they go, both. Uh, I would root for both. <laughs> but trust me, I'm taking my daughter all day long. My yeah. money's on her. She's going to roast Connell every time, no matter what the competition. <laughs> yeah. She's a killer, and he's just a sweetheart. You're right. I don't like I don't like when the the mom like Jason and Travis Kelsey's mom wears half jerseys of both teams. Yeah. No, no, no. Pick one side. Pick you it. Get, you get one side. Yeah, That's flip a it. coin yeah. and yeah. just say, Hey guys, sorry, the coin says I'm cheering for you today. Who's most likely to go to the Hall of Fame? That's your that's the <laughs> meal ticket. That's the one you hit your wagon to. Who bought me a nicer car? Mm -hmm. <laughs> See? That, yes. That's <laughs> that's that's the way to make that yeah. decision. It's the KQ Morning Show, 92 KQRS. Devonnie's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities, has been family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Whether it's team gatherings, family meals, work lunches, or just craving familiar comfort food, Devonnie's is your trusted go-to. If you're looking for delivery, takeout, or somewhere to dine in, they've got you covered. Do you have a large group to feed. They're the large order experts you can count on. Order online.
online at thebonnies.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Zip, Tony, Candace, and Steve Gorman are the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show for Thursday, October the 19th. Good morning. In about 90 minutes at 8.30, Sam Ekstrom's going to call in. We'll preview the Vikings 49ers Monday night game with Sam. Um, at 9 o'clock, who do we have? Miss Pat is calling in. Miss Pat's going to be appearing in town this week. That'll be fun to check in with. And about an hour from now, we're going to be giving away tickets to some extraordinary event. Gosh, I don't even remember what it is. That's how exciting it's going to be. Queenie, uh, Queenie. What are we giving tickets away to? Queen with Queen Adam tics. Lambert. Come Absolutely. on. Queen tickets, man. Look how cool we are giving away Queen tickets, talking about the Vikings and talking to Miss Pat. It's a banner day around here at the KQ Morning Show. Rudy Pavich in with us again. Zepp is in London. I imagine he'll be back next week. That's the plan. Uh, but anyway, brother, it's it's really nice having you around. Thank you, man. I, it's such a nice atmosphere to hang out with people that you really. It, there's a you can tell like even off the air we still chat. And there's a lot of radio shows when the, as soon as the mics go cold they all just sit in silence. But we actually oh. talk to one another. It's nice. <laughs> it's just well, you know how it is when company comes over, families get along better. Yeah. When yeah, you're absolutely. not here, yeah. oh, the knives are out, man. Make no mistake about it. Um, uh, on the show today, we've been discussing things you do as a parent that your kids look at you and go, "I don't care. You're still not cool." There's just nothing cool about that. Uh, we've all experienced those things. On the KQRS Facebook page, there are a bunch of posts, people sharing their stories. And we'll get to some of those. But first and foremost, Candace, I believe we have a caller on hold on the KQ talking text line. John from St. Paul. John, good morning. Good morning. What do you got going on over there? What, what do you got for us, brother? Well, you know, I raised, as a father raising two daughters, uh, and, and this is, Kind of advice for any young father raising daughters. The one thing that teenage daughters don't care about is your feelings. (laughs) Okay. They don't care. Um, And no matter what you do, you're dad. You're not cool. Yeah. When they get that teenage years, you're you're not you're not cool no more. And. Man, I had my struggles. They're grown now, and they're they're young adults, and they're doing their thing. And you know, I'm proud as heck of them. But I'll tell you, raising young daughters, there's about nothing as a as a father with teenage daughters. There's not there's not a lot that they won't call you out on, and they won't roll their eyes and go, "Really, Dad? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's how that goes." Really? Yeah. I, I, so, I asked my daughter the other day to watch a movie, and I swear she looked at me and went, "Why?" I was like, because I, cause I love you and I want to spend time with you? Okay, I guess. Uh, exactly. That's right there. That's, that's the whole point. John, John, there's a word for men like you, and that word is survivor. Congratulations. Glad that you made it to the other side. Have a good day, people. See you. Thank you for the call, brother. Uh, come around. <laughs> Tony, we've got some text messages. Uh, yeah. Took, this is funny. Took the kid to Disney World, stopped for a hot dog. 
I put a little mustard on it, and the crying and pouting lasted the entire weekend at Disney World. It was the worst time of her life. <laughs> because, because of, of the, the mustard? Hot dog. Wow. Yes. Oh, my God. How could you do that? My horrible parent. And then uh, Dad says, I was playing at a basketball tournament. I sunk a 30-footer to win the game. The kid said, nice shorts, Dad. Get some sun. <laughs> of oh. course. Heck, yeah. Just a source of embarrassment. Got to keep them grounded. Yeah. We all know it. We, and by the way, we all know dads, and maybe some of us have been those dads, where when you hit the game-winning jumper, you do expect nothing but just just gilded gilded experiences for the rest of the day. Like, uh-huh. did you not see mm-hmm. that shot I hit at the YMCA lunch basketball game? <laughs> yeah, it's a little, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to that guy. Mm-hmm. I took Hudson to go see the Globetrotter some years ago when he was just a little mm. punko, and I got yeah. good seats, good tickets. He was so unhappy, didn't enjoy it. It was just too loud, <laughs> just a terrible experience. But on the way back to the car, we uh, saw this vending machine, and he got a cookie out of that, and it made it the greatest That's event wow. of his life. But before uh, that, he was very unhappy the fa- with me. Took the, took the kids to a Nashville Predators game. Uh, got a hookup from uh, my, my agent. Goes, hey, I got these. You know, you ever want to go to a game? Let me know. We got the, we got a box. It's mm-hmm. got catering. It's all hooked up. It's the whole thing. Special section. And I was like, oh man, I called. I said, give us four, man. We're going. The Gorman family going to take in a hockey game. Woo. And the, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a combination of of elements. Uh, noise, and then a really weird band playing. Nashville, so you have a band playing everywhere you go. And then the game itself, couldn't see the puck. At some point, somewhere about midway through the first period, my daughter just decided, my central nervous system is going to shut down now. I'm going <laughs> to cry until I just, and then I'm going to fall asleep, and then I'm going to wake up and cry some more. And she just checked out and made it incredibly miserable. And Rosemary, he's like, okay, I got it. She, take her out walking around, because they didn't want to leave us at the game. We didn't want to leave them. It was just an absolute nightmare and what saved the day ice cream of the future sure. dipping dots oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> dipping dots that's when i finally fully understood the power dipping of dots. dipping dots yeah, dipping dots could get you through a funeral if you need it <laughs> yeah that's yeah. funny you said that because don posted she said that she won box seats for a twins game and took her son and all his friends and all they wanted was ice cream typical kids that's that's exactly what it was um dipping dots at a funeral actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> you know like like that would we talked about the the woman who gave a car away at her funeral just just serve snacks yeah you know what i mean that's going to go a long way towards keeping people in mm-hmm. in line mm-hmm. finger foods mm, finger foods are always good dots. what flavor though you like this Doesn't matter. bubble gum? Do they, I, they all taste the same to me. I like the yeah. ones with the cookies in it. Candace, do we have uh, more comments on the Facebook page? Yeah, people, you know, all the typical stuff, taking them to concerts, uh, motorcycles that they never used. Motorcycles <laughs> they didn't use? No, nope, they just took advantage. Yeah, they didn't oh, care about those. Um, I like Jody's comment the best, so she said, Something that she did that she thought would impress them. Showing them how quick I can remove a door when they slam it. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, impressive. Good. Yeah, yeah. That is impressive. Do we have another caller, Candace? Kim from Hudson, Wisconsin. Kim, good morning. Hello. <laughs> I am not cool enough to take my kids to concerts, but when I uh, took my son to eighth grade registration at school... I had the audacity to talk to a fellow father in line, and um, evidently I was um, talking and laughing too loud, which totally mortified my son. Sure. Of course, I stopped. 
stopped and was quieter. And then I'm, I'm being quiet, and then all of a sudden I hear, God, Mom, to which I was now pissed. So then very loudly I said, for the love of God, I'm breathing. I'm not going to stop that. <laughs> and make sure that I embarrassed him really bad then because, come on, for the love of God. And mm-hmm. in the same year, like, I think my 21-year-old son was having a kegger at his college, and I get a call at 9 o'clock at night of him inviting me and my husband to the kegger. So evidently I'm not that bad, right? No. <laughs> It all comes around. It's all going full circle. So I'm somewhat cool, I guess. You, right? sa- you sound pretty cool to us. I know. I was already in bed, so I'm not that But So I didn't go. But, you know, whatever. I am old. <laughs> no, but see, you, you, but see you, you didn't have any FOMO. You stayed in bed. You were like, nah, I'm good. See, that's the coolest thing ever. So uh, I think you win at the end of the day. I think so. I just told him, you know, we need a little more, you know, heads up, you know, so I can take a nap in the afternoon, you know, that kind of thing. Of course. Of course. Exactly. Awesome. Hey, thank you for the call. That's awesome story. Appreciate it. Kim, our first caller while skydiving. That was amazing. It was, it was really something. No, we get we, we cast so a calm. wide net around here. It takes yeah. all kinds. Um, I, I I as a is I had moments at school with my mom. My mom um, is a, is a great singer, a performer in local theater, community theater, and all the musicals. Always had big parts. Uh, sang barbershop music for years, mm-hmm. like like competitively with the Sweet Adelines, and um, you know stacking those harmonies. Uh, she's just a ham at the end of the day. Um, and there would be moments when just talking to teachers or other parents and she'll break into song or she'll just do a little shuff, side shuffle. And when I was a kid, I would be so mortified. And then at some point it dawned on me, like every time she does that, people just light up like Christmas trees. Like yeah. it's so charming. And she's just got a, fan, a legion of fans everywhere we've ever lived. Like, oh, that Imelda, she's the best. But as a kid, I'd be like, oh my God, my mom just started singing to my teacher. Oh, yeah. And of course the teacher, from that moment on, I'm the teacher's pet because they love my mom so much. Right. It took me a while to put those two, two and two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a kid, I love that. Mom, stop breathing. Just get out of here. Yeah, the cool element instantly goes to embarrassment. I was playing at at the the park in the playground with my kiddos and some of their friends. I'm chasing them. I'm being the hot lava monster. Mm -hmm. But I tripped and fell over this balance beam. And what was hysterical, laughing, loving it, went to complete silence. It's like, well, Rudy, you've bombed at comedy clubs before. You know that sound. Yeah. Um, Terrible. I heard it last night. (laughs) I knew that moment was forever. Oh, that's it. The element of cool was gone. Mm -hmm. Later, dude. Thanks for trying. Thanks for playing, Dad. We'll see you around. Yeah, they never look at you the same after mm-hmm. that. It doesn't matter what you do, you know. Uh, mm. I've tried so many times with my daughter uh, to be the fun dad. I'm the fun dad. I'm the cool yeah. guy. And then, it, yeah. It's like we, uh, my daughter had, uh, what was it, uh, homecoming a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and I have extensive cameras. I do a lot of video work. I'm like, I'm going to be the cool dad who takes all the camera, the photos. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, my daughter was like, every every other parent's just using their phone. Why do you got to show up with a tripod and a lighting rig? <laughs> like, why yeah, are you here, yeah, like, yeah. waiting until the golden hour? Like, just take yeah. one on your iPhone, dum-dum. <laughs> the golden hour. Yeah. Hang on, I'm sending these back. These were not developed to my specifications. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, I was never the cool dad. Uh, by dis- I didn't try to be the cool dad. And my kids both went through this thing where by the time they were in high school, um, their friends, you know, it's like we, we, they, they both had friends from, you know, kindergarten forward that grew up in our house. You know, I've known these kids 
for 15, 16 years. They're like they're like extended members of our family, my my daughter and my son's friends. And they have they similarly are like that with their friends' families. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things about like our life. You know, I'm a guy in a band for most of this time. And then when I'm not in the band, I start doing like sports talk radio, to which to me, this is just me being me normal days. But to a lot, you know, to 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 what you call straight dads or civilians who have jobs where they put on a tie every day. Sure. You know, I'm obviously some it's like my hair's on fire when I walk into the school gym. <laughs> it's like, look, at there's that guy. You know, I'm unaware of all this. I'm blissfully unaware of what other parents are thinking about when they're hanging around with me and Rosemary. But the kids pick up on that stuff so early, yeah. and they, but they don't mention it till way later. And then we have those conversations when they're teenagers, like, "Oh yeah, well you know, you know, Billy's parents were always like they pumping me for information about like when you're on tour." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" You know, <laughs> they go, they, they act like they're cool about it, but I can tell they're freaked out. And it was just always these <laughs> weird things. And it wasn't until our kid, my kids, at some point in teenage years, they had little things where they were kind of like, I guess maybe he is cool just because of the way other, but again, not from their own experience, mm-hmm. but other parents ask, you know, if you just ask your kid one, if, if you ask a kid one question about their parent that, you know, you're, you're ba- there's that, that signals something to them clearly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there, but there, there were, there were a few like, you know, get togethers, parents, cocktail parties, whatever we'd be there. And then. A, a, a dad or a mom I'd known at school for years. People I've seen for five, six, seven school years chat, have a good conversation, talk about what's going on in the world or whatever. Then I'd see them. They'd have three drinks in them. And that's when they'd go like, wow, your first record came out and I threw up yeah. at a Black Crow show. <laughs> and I'm like, we've known each other seven years. Why haven't we talked about this? And I would mention it to my kids and they'd be like, oh, yeah, they listen to your records in the car all the time. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. How did this not come out? So it was always like, I'm like, so I, I have been cool this whole time. And you guys have been holding out on me. Right. Yeah. Now, the yeah. problem is if they tell you that stuff, then they admit oh, that yeah. you are cool. I guess that's and what it is. heaven forbid if they were to ever do that. Of course, this is the same kid who in sixth grade one day looked at me and said, I am ready for my own apartment. I don't want to live with grade. you. I can't live here anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I I was uh, the year the summer he turned thirteen. I was on tour like that whole year, and at the end of the tour, I came home and he's doing something, and I got in his face, and he goes, "You haven't even been here. What do you know about it?" Oh. And I was like, "Oh, cut me down right right to the <laughs> spine with that one." And he goes, "You don't even care. Oh, you have to go on tour." And I literally heard myself say, "That tour keeps a roof over uh, there." Yeah. And then I had to go, "No, nope, right. I'm not going to be that guy." Dad. I guess I should ask you about your hurt feelings now, mm. while I punch your pillow six times. <laughs> Snot nose punk. Like, Want to go full Homer, squeeze that throat, but you just can't do it. No, you just can't do it. Hey, you know, there's stories you see all the time about. Um, somebody noticed they heard something in the ceiling and they lift up the ceiling tile and there's a rattlesnake in my ceiling. Mm. Or maybe I'm the only one who sees those because I have such a snake phobia that they turn up in my feed every day on Facebook. Uh, a, a, a shopkeeper in Oklahoma found something sleeping in his ceiling. You are going to want to hear exactly what that was. That's next time tight. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. 30 minutes from now, we're giving away queen tickets. That'll be cool. Uh, In an hour from now, Sam Ekstrom is going to call in. We'll talk about the Vikings who have a task and a half this Monday night hosting the 49ers. Pound for pound, the best team in football so far this year. And then at 9 o'clock, Miss Pat's going to call in. So we got a lot going on this morning for you and for us. Uh, Rudy Pavich is sitting in uh, Zepp's chair for the week. 
We're having a good time. I mentioned um, before, look, Rudy, you don't know this about me. I got a snake problem, Mm -hmm. as in I hate them. They freak me out. And one of the weird things I do because of how much I detest and fear snakes is I just watch videos of them all the time. Mm. And the algorithm knows if you go to my Facebook feed and you scroll or Instagram and it's like reels, they're all about like, I saw an anaconda crossing a road in Bolivia. It was the size of a Sherman tank. And I watch every one of them and I freak out. But in my mind, I think if I just, if I watch a lot of snake videos and I keep my, if I'm constantly aware of snakes, they won't get me. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> I played golf. I played golf a couple days ago. Middle of the back nine. Got to take a leak. I find a nice quiet spot uh, in, behind some bushes so I can just take care of business out there. Me and nature communing as I do, and it's right next to a little a little tiny pond. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I didn't get near the water. And then I reminded myself, I'm in Minnesota. There's not going to be a water moccasin there. Sure. It's okay. Yeah. Because yeah. when I golf in the south. I don't go near the water to pee because there's there's venomous snakes yeah, yeah. around. That's my life. I'm aware of snakes. I'm trying to make sure they don't get me. So this is a story. Oh, boy. Ha. Whew. Norman, Oklahoma, Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store. It's an it's a, it's a ice cream. It's a dairy store. And then they got some other sundries, little grocery situation. Guy walks in the other day, and he re- looks up and sees some stuff on the floor. He looks up and notices. It's one of those uh, tiled ceilings, you know, mm-hmm. with the tiles you pick up. They got the little framework. Oh, drop ceiling. Drop yeah. ceiling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, he, and he, he says, and one of the tiles is out of place, like something pushed up. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, every time I hear about something in the ceiling, it's always a snake. And sure. I'm always like, oh, here we go. I got to watch it. Maybe it's a raccoon, but they can be cute. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, the scat's a problem. But hey, they're cute until they do that. Uh, guy goes over there and he's expecting that it's going to be some sort of varmin. Uh, it's a man. It's a guy. It's a, it's a human guy. being sleeping in his ceiling. Whoa. Um, 41-year-old dude just took took refuge in the ceiling of the store. How... I, look, I I'm a guy. I pride myself on being able to sleep anywhere, but climbing into the ceiling of a mm-hmm. store, that's that's kind of like climbing into a tree and getting on a thick branch and thinking I'll be fine here. Like, how do you know you're not going to roll over in your sleep? Yeah. How do you, you could fall through that ceiling very easily. Sure. Yeah. Also, 41 at that age, an efficiency apartment is not that much, man. You Should, know, not you in Norman, a, Oklahoma. Yeah, you can get a studio somewhere. Like, why? That's such a weird age. I get when you're like 22, you've had a couple of drinks, you're out with the frat, mm-hmm. you end up in a you know an ice cream shop somewhere. Fine, but 41 seems like that age. You should have it together. I'm I'm trying to think of if I've ever been so drunk and yet so lucid that I could have gotten myself into that store and up into the ceiling to pass out. No, although I, I've told this story before that. Uh, a friend of mine found a, a crib, completely blacked out, drunk, and found a crib and assembled it, and then fell asleep in it. Oh, like, <laughs> assembled in. a crib. Assembled a crib. Drunk. Wow. Does not remember doing it. I'm like, where'd you get the crib? He's like, I have no idea. And then we found the box, and I, th- I was like, think of all the amazing things you could do while sober if you can that's, assemble a crib. That's drunk. the key to IKEA. Yeah, yeah. Get hammered. That's what it is. And yeah. then that little image makes sense. That yeah. guy holding that thing, and I'm like, how is he? Why is he using a banana on this cupboard? Because <laughs> it doesn't look like a hammer. No, no. Wow, I, I never thought about that. Yeah, the uh, there's. 
and sometimes it's not even having to be drunk, but it's usually a good catalyst to fall asleep in certain places. Like my my cousin lives down the street here from uh, St. Thomas, mm-hmm. the, the college. Okay. And one night just heard a bang downstairs and he walks into his, uh, his like little porch area and there's a college kid just sleeping in his porch. And he's like, hey, bud, wake up. He's <laughs> like, sure. what's up, man? He's like, you're sleeping in my porch. Guy obviously had a couple of drinks in him. And instead of calling the cops, my cousin's pretty cool, so he just gave mm-hmm. the kid a ride home. But, yeah, I, I imagine that's got to be such a commonplace thing to have happen. When Did they say if this guy was uh, half in the bag at all? or uh, he, he was unresponsive until the police got there. Oh, so, sure. yeah, 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 that, yeah. that's kind of what that was. Yeah. yeah, the climbing thing, that's the part I don't get. I, I get looking at that dairy store and thinking, a pint of chocolate chip mint yeah. before I pass out makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see myself doing that. Sure. But the, again, the climb to the ceiling, that's where I draw the line. Wow. Yeah. No, sir, I will sleep on the floor. Thank you. <laughs> I have slept on uh, pool furniture outside motels that I was not a guest of. Sure. You know, they've got those nice lounger things. You can yeah. lay them down flat and no one else is there. And I figure, hey, I'm not hurting anybody. Um, I have fallen asleep in the hallway of a hotel. Sitting in up, the hallway, le- le- I didn't have my key. Knocking on the door, uh, early touring days. Uh, my bandmate who was in the room was already passed out, so I couldn't wake him up. So I just sat on the floor, and as I was trying to come up with a plan, just fell asleep. Sure. <laughs> just I remember sitting there going, "Well, I'm going to sit down. Let me think. I guess I'll go back to the front desk, and that <sighs> that was it. Go leave some room service plates on your chest. <laughs> I, no, I truly did wake up, and it was hours later, and there's just I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of kind of a rough moment there, but you know, it's funny the college kid thing. Early, okay, before like late '80s. Um, we played a show in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the home of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And um, it was a summer show, so school was not in. But I went to high school with a girl, with two girls that lived there. They went to school there, and they were there for the summer, lived in an off-campus apartment. And they said we could crash at their apartment because, you know, we're going to play this gig. We're going to go on to Jackson, Mississippi the next night. we got to crash somewhere. We get to this apartment complex. It's just the classic off-campus cheapest thin paper wall apartments you've ever seen for college kids right yeah so we play our gig at the club in town we end up at this apartment building and our bass player at the time scott he kind of wanders off he's talking to somebody you know uh, you open the door to the apartment and you're on like a balcony outside not like a hallway they all you know it's like a motel setting so everybody you just enter from being outside but there's a balcony, and he sees some people at another apartment. Hey, what's up? And he's just drunk and being hunted. Fine. You know, we all, things wind down. We all pass out. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, and I look over, and our bass player is asleep in a chair, and he is wearing a bathrobe. And it's like clearly a, a girl's bathrobe. It's a feminine cut. Mm-hmm. And he, he's naked other than this bathrobe. And I'm thinking, oh, that's, well, okay, he found uh, either elizabeth or kathleen my friends from high school he's wearing one of their robes and then we all wake up and elizabeth goes what's he wearing i go oh is that not yours and she goes no and i go it must be kathleen's and she goes i've never seen that before in my life (laughs) and then when scott woke up we're like hey dude where'd you get that bathrobe he goes i have no idea yeah (laughs) just in an apartment complex chatting up with somebody found himself a bathrobe we're like where are your clothes he's like i have no idea yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, how didn't I mean? What are the chances yeah. that you leave, lose your clothes, find a bathrobe, and then still 
somehow get back to the right apartment to sleep in. Yeah. It was it was a miraculous effort on his part. That's impressive. Yeah. Top shelf. My favorite is when you see the people passed out at like a Guns N' Roses concert. Sure. You, know, like you paid oh, $175 yeah. to get in here, and now you're going sleepy time on me, man? Like it's they like, haven't even played Paradise yeah, City. Concerts go late now. Yeah. It's like a sugar crash. When you're a little kid, when you're older, it's the adrenaline and the beer, and I can't wait for this gig, and the same thing happens. Yeah. You know, once you hear Rocket Train or whatever, you're like, oh. <laughs> Weirdest place you've ever fallen asleep is Tony. I mean, you've got a few, I'm sure. Well, actually, in, in hindsight, I think this was a brilliant idea. I was uh, all tuned up, a little buzzed one night, so I couldn't go home, and I wasn't sure what to do. I just I went into a movie theater, bought a ticket, oh. have no idea what it was, went into the dark and the comfort, conked out. Smart. Yeah. Really good thinking. You're damn you know right. What movie it was? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, wow. He met Paul Rubens that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All that movie. You're right. That's okay. what it was. Um, I yeah. I I watched. I watched my cousin sleep through the entirety of Dances with Wolves once. Um, in a theater, same thing. Night wow. off on tour. We all go to see the big movie. It's three hours long. He's snoring. I mean, people are like complaining about oh, his wow. snoring. He's that asleep. And as the credits are rolling, he stands up and all he says is "shushume tatanka." Like <laughs> he, that's all he knew about the movie. He had two words of dialogue, and that was it. And and, and he felt great. He slept right, slept that hangover right mm-hmm. off, man. In the in the air conditioned comfort of a movie theater. It's a great idea, mm-hmm. yeah. especially now with the Barca loungers they have in oh, all these places. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mike Evans said, you know, the problem with the, with the Dream Comfort Lounge, whatever it's called, is you want to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Candace, any any places you've Gosh, slept looking um, back that you're surprised? There aren't any specific um, places, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a nod outer. I nod out a lot. Okay. Like, uh, I don't know if I got it from my dad or something, but mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad used to nod out in like my dance team meetings in high school, and my friends' parents would tell me all the time he would just be like sleeping during all the <laughs> do the head bob. Part. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. It's nothing, nothing, nothing like just cutting off all the circuits for a minute and recharging. I'm a big fan of that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, let's see. When I was a kid, I used to wake up. Uh, this is the ages of like five, six, seven, eight. I would wake up. Often uh, in the morning, and I would not be in my bed. I would be in the closet laying on a mountain of shoes. Mm. My brothers knew once I'm asleep, there ain't no waking them up. Damn. And they would just pile. They three of us shared a room, so between the three of us, they everyone's got you. three or four pairs of shoes. They would pile up all the shoes and lay me on top of it. And I would, I would eight eight hours later, I'd wake up going. Ugh. I am like the only seven-year-old in Maryland with a bad back. Love that. You know what I mean? It's just like, what the hell just happened? But, um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, my mom had just texted. She got on a flight. Uh, she's on her way to New York City for the weekend with my brother and stepdad. And nice. said that uh, she texted, and I have to read the text, uh, what it said, but she was basically saying, can you please ask Mr. Gorman how it is that I can fall asleep sitting upright on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> we can, you know what? I, I do offer a class, and I'll, oh I'll give her a God, discount. You should. I'll give her a discount. Uh, I can get you to sleep before takeoff. No problem. Uh, one, one real thing that I think helped me was growing up in a house uh, that was so stressful that it really helped to just be able to fall asleep so I could pretend it wasn't happening. Avoidance. Yes. Gr- grow up in a burning barn and uh, man, you can really, boy, yeah. you get some, you can get those Z's. <laughs> Whoo, baby. Uh, that's just how that went. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? <laughs> I, I've seen, I have seen in a, I have had a hotel elevator open and a guy was sitting in the elevator in the corner sound asleep. 
Yeah. And I'm like, man, how many floors is that guy seeing that he doesn't know he saw? <laughs> how good is that? And it was like a Ritz Carlton. It wasn't like a you know Bob's Motor Inn. It was like a nice hotel. Yeah. Guy just completely passed out in the elevator. Wow. Remind you got to work hard at that. Remind me next time to travel to not get a hotel room and just act like I'm drunk and just sleeping in the <laughs> elevator. <laughs> That's exactly it, what he was yeah, doing. Save a few bucks. Never occurred to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a pretty good one. Between that and the movie theater idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people, I wonder if that's a thing, Tony. I wonder if there's mm-hmm. like a, there should be a Facebook page called like, you know, Cinema Synobularies or whatever, you know, something <laughs> for people who just share their stories of, well, I saw it was a double feature and, uh, you know, I pulled, a, I, I pulled the night shift last night. So, yeah, it was perfect for me. It's very comforting. There was a guy who passed out in, right in front of my door in my apartment and uh, I, I couldn't get out, and I sl- kind of slowly nudged it, and, and all he could mutter was, Mother effing whiskey. <laughs> oh, wow. That's it? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, that that's I guess that's how that goes. You have a little too much whiskey, you end up in an elevator or in Tony's door mm-hmm. or in a movie theater. It happens. I'm, a, I'm just a, you know, I will say in all sincerity, uh, the sleeping thing on the plane Key, key, key ingredient is you got to find the right music and you got to stick with it. I play the same record every time. Sure. And it just becomes habit, becomes uh, becomes Pavlovian. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, I hear the opening part of this bass line in this one song and I'm like, oh, here, oh, oh no, cute. oh yeah. boy. If, if that song is on, if I'm driving and I just have the, cla- like in my, my, all the music in my phone, I'll just put it on random play. Mm-hmm. And if that song starts, it's like, I can't hit the next song button fast enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that. no! Yeah. No! <laughs> I, I, I wrote down the artist you said yesterday. Lisa Hannigan. That's who it is. Yeah. And I love her music. She's, it's not, it, her music's not boring. It does, a bit, it's just comforting. And there was a time in my life on tour when I would, I was listening to that album and I fell asleep to it and I just thought, yeah, it's so soothing and it's mm-hmm. wonderful and I can listen to her sing all day. But yeah, her first album, man, if you put that thing on, good night. Yeah. Uh, there was a TED Talk of a guy. I was having some problems sleeping, and I watched this video for a guy on TED Talks, and he was like, if you want to fall asleep, here's what you do. You take your hand, and you just tap your thigh, okay. and you do it over and over again mm-hmm. until you fall asleep. Come on. I thought, this, yeah, this is great. So I went to bed that night, and I tapped my thigh, and after like 35 minutes of tapping my yeah. thigh, I was like, I was like you know what, just, I'm just going to watch TV. I'm just, yeah. This is dumb. I look like an idiot right now. You have a I, welt on your yeah, thigh. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't do that because I would I would be so aware of you're rushing. Slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're dropping off the beat. Yeah. Keep it together. <laughs> We're 4-4 four, four time here. Keep it together, Mr. mister. Yeah. yeah, that'd be kind of tough for me. Hey, listen, uh, we at KQRS, we are looking to crown the Twin Cities top dog. KQ's ultimate son of a bitch is back. We've selected our finalists and voting is now open. Get on the Facebook page for 92KQRS and sound off and vote for the ultimate son of a bitch. All right. Speaking of which. Oh, Gigi, oh, baby. Uh, we got queen tickets. That's how cool we are. Queen and Adam Lambert, they are at the XL Energy Center Friday, October 27th. And right now, we would love to give them away to you. Callers 9 and 2 at 651-989-ROCK. We'll be able to play a game. I believe this is a new game that we've never played. Is that true? Fred or Adam? Fred or Adam? Wow. I have no idea what this is going to be, but I cannot wait. Hit the the KQ Talking text line right now. Callers 9 and 2. And hang tight. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. 
Devani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities, has been family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Whether it's team gatherings, family meals, work lunches, or just craving familiar comfort food, Devani's is your trusted go-to. If you're looking for delivery, takeout, or somewhere to dine in, they've got you covered. Do you have a large group to feed? They're the large order experts you can count on. Order online at Devani's.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Zip, Tony, Candace, and Steve Gorman are the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It is Thursday, October the 19th. That was, of course, 38 special from Jacksonville, Florida. 38 special. Guy named Donnie Van Zant put that band together. His older brother was Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner. Mm. And his younger brother Johnny has been in Leonard Skinner since they reformed in 1989. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of rock coming out of the Van Zant family. True that. Uh, not a lot of cases where, like you know, the 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 one brother starts Leonard Skinner uh, as big as it gets, and then the other brother does pretty damn well himself. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, that's pretty good, pretty good run mm-hmm. for the Van Zants. It's like those Kelsey brothers in football. Yeah, yeah. Every time you see, like, you know, oh, uh, my son plays Division One, you know, football. He's a quarterback for Duke, and then my daughter's also a Division One swimmer. You're like, you guys are winners. Your whole family yeah, must just sure. be winners. How did you? How did you make this? I just, I just saw that uh, some athlete. I just saw a thing. Uh, I think it's a baseball player and his sister swims for Duke University oh, really? and she's a national titleist. And yeah, I was just putting it all together. Like, wow, that's really weird. Unlike. Let's see. Uh, who was it? It wasn't Christian Leitner. There was some Duke basketball player. So, of course, he was a douchebag, mm-hmm. a Duke bag. <laughs> right. And his sister was in the band. Called, who's, the band was called Nashville Pussy. Do you remember that band? Of course. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the woman in that band's brother played uh, was a big, tall, white guy at Duke. Chris- and I was always like... Not not Christian Leitner oh, okay. since then. Um, mm-hmm. But I was always like, wow, that's a good family split. You know, you got you got the uh, you got the the wild the wild child in the band on the on the daughter's side, and then the kids out there just throwing his body around. Mm-hmm. I do believe that's true. I I might be making this up now that I think about it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so, I want it to be true. The husband wife duo of Blaine Cartwright and Ryder Size. Okay. Nah. Uh, no, it was Parks. Oh yeah, uh, Corey Parks. What's the Cherokee what's her, Parks? Cherokee Parks. Oh, there you go. Yep. Right on. Yeah, okay. I'm so glad I wasn't making that up. Yeah. Yeah, Cherokee Parks, just a big Duke white dude. Mm-hmm. Christian Leitner, another big Duke white dude who played for the Minnesota Timberwolves for mm-hmm. years, if you he remember. Did. Yeah. Uh, don't think he'd mind me saying this. Stoner. Oh, man, he would hang out at Black Crow's gigs and rehearsals. Really? Couldn't get the bong out of his hand. I believe that. He yeah. was, yeah, he is definitely on the top list, you know, probably Mount Rushmore of most hated Minnesota Timberwolves. Sure. But he has, since then, has definitely come back and been like, yeah, sorry about all that. That was kind of a jerk <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for Jimmy Butler to go ahead and make his apology after uh. he decides to get a haircut, but... 
uh, yeah, the Leitner thing was such a big deal because we kind of put a lot of that was like the maybe like the first or second guy we put a lot of stock in. Oh, oh this yeah. is our savior, and then yeah. the guy just poo pooed all over the place. My uh, when I had Steve Gorman Sports on Fox Sports Radio, my producer, uh, we we had our studio that was fully just decked out with crap all over the walls. I had a, a wall of soccer jerseys, we had a wall of album covers, we had paraphernalia things we'd collected over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my producer Brandon Gannett's the only Timberwolves fan I knew, and and the only Christian. Leitner fan I knew, and he had a Leitner jersey. That was his contribution to the studio. And he walked in, and we and we and my my uh, co-host and I both went, "Is this like a ironic? Is this a joke?" He's like, "No, I love Duke, I love Leitner, and I love the Timberwolves." And we were like, "Wow, you're the guy! All right, cool, yeah, dead serious." Uh, Christian Leitner and I share a birthday for the record, so you know you can't that? be all that bad. Uh, Thierry Henry. Arsenal striker Robert De Niro, Mae West, all of us sharing a birthday. Gary Oldman for me. Nice. That's pretty good. Damn That's right. pretty good. You got anybody you know, Rudy? Uh, you know, I made the comment the other day about how disappointed I was with Dave Mustaine. Oh. Him and me together, baby. Really? September 13th. Yeah. That's what it is. You butt heads. Yeah. You're so much alike. Candace, you share a famous birthday? Uh, Emmylou Harris. Oh. oh right. Sorry. Winner. <laughs> yeah. Just can't duh. top that. Emmylou Harris. Um, oh, boy. Don't get me started. God, I love her. Oh, yeah. She's got Napoleon's uh, retreat, a uh, place for wayward dogs, a whole thing in Nashville she's what? run for years. Yeah. Huh. Want to adopt a dog? Go get it from Emmy Lou. Do yourself a favor. How about this? How about you want to get queen tickets? You get it from us. We've got a couple of queen tickets to give away, and we've got a couple of callers lined up, locked in, and ready to rock a new game. Tony, what are we playing today? Let's just have some pure fun. Who is it? You can rely on me, Fred. Fred. Freddy. Hello, Adam. Adam. What about Adam? Who is it, dear? Yes? Who is it? <laughs> yes. Fred or Adam this week has been all about queen tickies. And uh, we continue that today, focusing on the queen frontman, the incomparable Freddie Mercury. And following him is the young and very powerful Adam Lambert. So we'll give you <laughs> multiple choice questions. You give us the correct Fred or the correct Adam. As the answer. I, Let's I, begin, shall we? Okay, I have to say this. I have yeah. to come clean. I, I'm i laughing not because yeah. this is a silly idea. It makes perfect sense. Sure. I'm laughing because in my <laughs> mind, we played yesterday TV or not TV. Uh-huh. And I literally, I, I thought you were going to say Fred Gwynn or Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> Herman Munster or Batman? I, right. I swear I thought that's where this was going. I was going to be so excited if I was right. Yeah, well. And, of course, no. That would make no sense whatsoever. Maybe tomorrow. I love it. Maybe tomorrow. Great song by Stereophonics. Yeah. All right, here we go. We're ready to rock. Candace, who is contestant number one? We have Jake from Richfield. Jake from Richfield. Good morning, brother. Good morning. You ready to play Fred or Adam? As I'll ever be. Oh, that's that's the, then we're all we're all in a perfect place. Let's do it, Tony. Take it away. All right, number one for you, actor and director known for his role as lovable Kevin Arnold in the series The Wonder Years. Was it A. Fred Ferocious, B. Fred Savage, or C. Fred Horowitz? It's Fred Savage. Yes, it was. Damn, he was and is. Young lad. Number two, Minnesota-grown football hero from Detroit Lakes to the Vikings, now with Carolina. A, Adam Lundegaard. B, Adam Thielen. C, Fred Bolitnikoff. Adam Thielen. Yes, sir. Adam Lundegaard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get the numbers to you. I'll get them to you. <laughs> what the heck do you mean? What the heck do you mean? <laughs> 
All right, sir. Number three, radio personality, podcaster, talk show host, comedian, actually has Rudy Pavich's cell number. Is it A, Adam Camry, B, Adam Highlander, C, Adam Carolla? Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will let him know he was the answer of our game, Fred or Adam. Oh, it feels yeah, so good. Yeah. Number four, prehistoric family man, likes to bowl, coined the phrase <laughs> yabba dabba do. A, Rock Quarry, B, Fred Flintstone, C, Stony Curtis. <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Yeah, i got to throw you an easy one there. Yeah. Rock Quarry, good name, though. Mm-hmm. Really good name. Up there with Ann Margrock. <laughs> All right, here's your last one. English-born Irish rocker plays bass for the band U2. Is it A, Adam Clayton, B, Adam O'Rourke, St. Hennessy O'Malley, or C, Adam Levine? Uh, you got them all. Oh boy. Hot dog. Jake, five for five. Great day in the morning. Way to go, Jake. Well played, sir. All right, sit tight. We got a we got another contestant here who needs to go five for five if they want those tickets. And Candace, who is that contestant? Craig from Watertown. Did you say Greg? Craig. Craig. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Steve. Thank you for all you have done. Uh, you helped out my family during the pandemic by just listening to a few questions I had, I sent to you on Facebook, and I really appreciate it. I am really glad that worked out. You got it, man. Anytime, Craig. Uh, are you ready to play Fred or Adam? We're going to give her a try. Atta boy. Here we go, Tony. All right. Here's your first one. Uh, known for his self-deprecating and silly movies, ex-Saturday Night Live cast member and comedic actor, A. Adam Spade, B. Adam Sandler, C. Adam Ant. Adam Sandler. Uh-huh. There's your easy one. Bang. Number two, TV's cantankerous elderly junk dealer who faked heart attacks and called his son Dummy. A, Fred Astaire, B, Fred the Hammer Williamson, or C, Fred Sanford? C, Sanford. That's right. Attaboy, Craig. Of course, Red Fox. Number three, actor appeared in the HBO series Girls, the movie's House of Gucci, Marriage Story, as Kylo Ren in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and always looks like he needs a shower. Is it A, Adam Vader, B, Adam Driver, C, Adam Earl Jones? Uh, I'm going to go with D. Wow. Adam got Driver. It. Yes, got it. it is Adam Driver. Actor and drummer, formerly of Saturday Night Live, and co-creator of the comedy series Portlandia. A, Fred Durst, B, Fred Armenhammer, C, Fred Armisen. Uh, C. Ooh, Craig. Oh, just questioning oh, himself. Whistling through the graveyard. Uh, well done, sir. This is your last one, Craig. Number five, born in Walla Walla, Washington, portrayed TV's Batman in the 1960s. Was it Freddy Krueger, Adam West, or Kanye West? <laughs> it's a beat, Adam West. Man. Laugh it up. Wow, they both smoked them all. I tell you what, man. Craig, keeping up with the Joneses there. Craig and Jake both went five for five. Well done, gentlemen. All right, but that means it's tiebreaker time. Tony's going to ask a question. You'll both have to answer. Jake, you will answer first. Good luck to you both. All right, you two fellas. Something male-centric. On average, a healthy male is estimated to ejaculate how many times in his lifetime? Is this a male human? <laughs> yes, a human. A human male, yes. Wow. Uh, 10,000. Hmm. hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, Craig, what do you got? 
um, is this self-performed or with a... It's just no <laughs> stipulations. No today. stipulations, man. <laughs> all, all bets are off. I'll go 10,001. <laughs> the correct answer is 7,200 times. <laughs> 7,200? Wow. I, I Well... Jeez, nothing like overachieving. I feel pretty good about myself right now. All right, so that means uh, I wait. What does that mean? Looks like Jake is the winner because uh, because because Craig went over by more than Jake by one. So Jake, congrats, brother! You've got tickets to see Queen next Friday at the XL Energy Center. Uh, Craig, we are not letting you leave empty-handed. That same night at the Treasure Island Event Center, you have tickets to see Rumors of Fleetwood Mac, gentlemen. Well played on both counts. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Man, strong effort right there. Nice job, fellas. Jake, yeah. Jake won those tickets, and he's like, actually make that 7,201 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was very excited. Exactly right. Man, how, how does I, – I love, I love studies yeah. like that. Yeah, studies have shown the average man. Uh, seven thousand two hundred, mm-hmm. and wow. I bet no, the first six thousand come between, uh, oh, like hundred percent. Like, yeah, like thirteen and seventeen. That's where the first six thousand are, and then the rest of it, you're just like, yeah, we're, we're fine, whatever. Yeah, boy, God, God, that's pretty funny. Not to go too far into the ditch here, but mm-hmm. just those first hundred. How fast does that happen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I tell this story on stage. I'll, I'll make it quick, but I had that happen to me while riding a bicycle when I was thirteen. And I crashed. Speaking of ditch, I crashed. The, it was like the first time it had ever happened to me. That'll happen. And yeah, I, I kissed a girl, and I was thinking about it on my drive home. Oh boy! And then was riding my bike yeah. and crashed into the ditch. And I was like, "What is this amazing thing that just happened to me? I yeah. never want to stop doing this." And you I, rode your bike every, <laughs> every day, day after That's that. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I I can I can tell you right now. On more than one occasion, I found myself going, "I, I think I'm in love with the Channel Four weather girl. I'll, I'll be back in a minute." <laughs> These things happen. Happens to the best of us. What are you going to do? Hey, check (laughs) this out. Why don't you? Uh, Sam Ekstrom, we all know him as a host in Vikings Insider. He's going to call in in a few minutes because this Monday night, don't look now, the San Francisco 49ers, who are an absolute mother of a football team, I think top to bottom, the best team in the league so far, they're coming to town what will the Vikings do? We'll talk with Sam Ekstrom about that next. Hang tight. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It's Thursday, October the 19th. This Monday night. Good Lord. The Vikings have got themselves a home game. Monday night football from the U.S. Bank Stadium against the San Francisco 49ers. That is a team top to bottom as tough as any in the league. I, From what I've seen... Despite the loss to Cleveland, that's the best team in the league right now. So quite a challenge for the Vikings. Sam Ekstrom's on the horn, host and Vikings insider for the podcast network, Locked on Sports Minnesota. Sam, good morning, sir. What do you think of the Electoral College? Should we get rid of it? No, wait, no, sorry. (laughs) Wrong interview. Um, Sam, this team, the Minnesota uh, Vikings, they've got their work cut out for them on Sunday. First things first, from what you're seeing and from what the other folks you work with and know are seeing, has O'Connell lost this team at all? Is the messaging still getting through? Do the Vikings strike you as a team that is still a united front and feels good about their uh, their upcoming games? You know, I feel like a, a good glimpse into the locker room is the footage that, you know, the team puts out sometimes. And, yeah, it, it came after a win on Sunday, but 
O'Connell seemed really connected to that group in his post-game speech. Um, they seemed to really be rallying around each other. And as ugly as that win was against Chicago, I mm-hmm. think they desperately needed it, like really, really badly, um, just to see their score higher than the other team's score at any cost. Um, yeah. I think what you're going to run into, though, is an, an odd situation where you've got a head coach who works really closely with the GM, and the GM may have to make some deals and trades at the deadline that would weaken this team, and the coach has to try to you know, coach them up the same uh, and try to win football games. But that, that creates an odd dynamic if they end up being sellers at the deadline in a couple of weeks. So I think that's going to be a real test of this team's mettle if they have to sell some pieces and maybe take a step back with their talent. That's going to be a little tougher and could create some fractures. Uh yeah, wow, that's a that's a lot to think about. Before that, though, we do have this 49ers team coming in. Uh, they're a little bit beat up. They're missing a couple of their key weapons. And also, after their first loss on the road to Cleveland, which is not, uh, it's not nearly as bad a loss as a lot of people thought in real time because, A, you've got Debo and McCaffrey hurt. B, the Cleveland defense is incredible this year, statistically anyway. And, of course, the Niners were still in it till the very end. They just missed a field goal that could have won it. That said... I, you know, that's going to be the second week in a row without their key offensive talents. It's the second week in a row on the road, and you're playing a team that has nothing to lose. I, I don't think that – I haven't seen the latest spread, but I don't think the Vikings are nearly as out of this game as a lot of people nationally seem to think they already are. Yeah, it started out at, at six and a half, seven and a half, and and today's a big day regarding those injuries because today is the, the first injury report day from Monday night game. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll get those reports and we'll see about McCaffrey and Debo and Williams if they have any chance of playing. Um, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the Vikings are not out of this game, and, and maybe that's recency bias since the 49ers just lost and they seem a little more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, up to that point, Brock Purdy had never lost the game, uh, and he kind of threw up a clunker there in Cleveland. Now, are the Vikings as equipped defensively to do what Cleveland did? Probably not. Um, but the Vikings have also flustered some quarterbacks this year, and that blitz is tough to game plan for, and, and Purdy will be tested. But the Vikings could totally change the narrative, Steve, with a win. I mean, they could absolutely get this season back if they win that game uh, and then go to Green Bay and win. And if they get to 4-4, four and four, then it's on. I mean, then you're right where you need to be. Uh, and compare that to 2-6. and six. Like, think of the perception change if you win the next two mm-hmm. versus lose the next two. So it, the Vikings do have a ton to play for. Uh, primetime games at U.S. Bank Stadium are always awesome. So I'm excited for it, and uh, I think the Vikings probably are, too, coming off a win. Yeah, Sam, that- is, uh, is Marcus Davenport done for the season? Not officially for the season. Um, ankle sprain, four weeks minimum. I think you typically see these in the four to six week range. And remember, he already had an ankle this year. So it's just, it's a recurring thing. It wasn't fully healthy and then got hurt once again. Um, so he may not be 100%. If he does come back middle of the season, week, you know, 11, 12, 13, whatever it might be, he might not be 100% Marcus Davenport. And it's turning out to be kind of a lost acquisition there with the amount that he's actually been healthy. Sam Ekstrom's with us on the KQ Morning Show. Uh, the, uh, the the Niners um, gave up a lot of yards on the ground for the first time to Cleveland. Do you think that uh, – is that something the Vikings will try to exploit? The running game seems to be getting better week in and week out. Yeah, that's a, it's a good observation. The 
49ers trenches are always really good. I mean, offensive line, defensive line, they, they made it to a Super Bowl, of course, lost to the Chiefs um, about four years ago with a, an incredible defensive line. Um, and that offensive line is just tough. I mean, they, they bully people around. I think the Vikings run game, though, as you astutely pointed out, it has been improving, and it's not doing so in volume because the Vikings run the ball the fewest amount of times in the NFL. I mean, they, they are just a passing team. But the running game is really not to blame for a lot of their issues. I mean, mm-hmm. the issues are is that the passing game has, has turned the ball over. The receivers have fumbled the football. Kirk Cousins has thrown interceptions. The run game hasn't been explosive, but it also hasn't messed them up. It hasn't gotten them off schedule. So I'm not as down on the run game as some. Um, I think that if they can can just do what they've been doing, be efficient on the ground, stay on the field, um, and you know, heaven forbid, don't don't turn the ball over. Like just have a one clean game and see what happens. I think the Vikings have that in them. Uh, then they could really be in this football game against a good San Francisco team. Yeah, Sam, I know the, uh, the Vikings have had a little bit of a rough time. You know, two and four, Justin Jefferson out. I think the biggest question most Vikings fans are having right now is how much creed is Kirk Cousins listening to this week? Is he really doubling down? Is he going full album? Is he just going singles? Is he air guitaring? I mean, what's his mindset when he's walking into that locker room and he's got the headphones bumping? I know it wasn't his idea. He, he said it was Garrett Bradbury, but that is something that, dad mode Kirk Cousins would absolutely latch on to. <laughs> and he, he, I think he's more comfortable with this tradition than putting the chains around the neck shirtless last year. This is probably more his speed. So mm-hmm. I think that until they lose a game, I think the Creed thing is, is coming back. I think that that's now officially a thing, and it's very Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins-esque. Um, right up his alley. Love it. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's, that's, it's rough. To, it's, rough it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow for some of us. Absolutely. However, <laughs> but if whatever it, it takes. Whatever it takes. That's why ballplayers are like, listen, I got a little bit of jalapeno in my eye, and then I went out and I threw eight <laughs> shutout innings. That's so, right. yes, from now on, I will be rubbing jalapeno in my eye before I go out there and throw the ball. So if it works, it works. Hey, Sam, what do you listen to before a game? <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't. You don't want to know my my taste. No, it's um, you know, I this is actually a good a good place to talk about my classic rock affinity. Um, you know, I'll I'll go all the way back to like early Van Morrison. Oh, bring it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Little River Band. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I jam to. So it's it's uh it's it's not the stuff the kids are listening to. That's for sure. Uh, Little River Band getting a little love pregame. I like that. Like I, I I'm I'm going to be thinking about that. I'll tune in Monday night. They'll be showing the starting lineups, and I'll be reminiscing with the Little River Band. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be fantastic. Thank you for yeah, that. I don't need the adrenaline rush that these guys do. I mean, I'm I'm really just I'm just chilling. I mean, I don't have to play a football <laughs> game, right? So we're getting we're getting pumped up for some different activities. Hey, you mentioned something uh, a few minutes ago that is a good point. Everyone talks about zero and two teams don't make the playoffs. Zero and three never. One and four, it's impossible. But to your point, no shortage of four and four teams go on to make the postseason. So with a division win already in hand and Green Bay floundering, Detroit's going to be tough, of course, twice. But but if this team does make it to four and four, they have as good a shot as just about anybody else to to qualify for the postseason. I mean, that's not a crazy thing to say, is it? No, it's not at all. Um, Their schedule really li- – they have a great schedule after Monday night is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're not lying about that. Not, I think after Monday night, you could circle six in a row. 
and, and consider them winnable. Mm-hmm. Now, do the Vikings feel like a team that could win six in a row? I don't know. I don't know if they have that consistency, but winning two in a row would be a nice start. Yeah. Um, just building some momentum, getting closer to Justin Jefferson's return, which could be after three more games. That gets you a little closer to relevancy. But I think if you split the next two, so let's say you lose to San Francisco and beat Green Bay or vice versa, then you're three and five, and the schedule is very forgiving. Uh, I don't think they have a 500 team in that mix, or or they don't have anybody above 500 Mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, So then you can talk yourself into, well, maybe we don't win six in a row, but maybe we win five out of six or four out of six, and that gets us right around the 500 mark going into the the final month of the season. And that puts you in the mix as well for a wild card. So this team's not out of it, but they could play themselves out of it very quickly because there's not too many losses left that they can afford, and the margin for error is very small. Sam Ekstrom is with us on the KQ Morning Show. Do you watch the games at U.S. Bank? And are you in in an area with other uh, members of the media, or do you go out and get on the field? Are you in a seat? Where do you watch the games from? Yeah, road games, I'm just watching at home. You know, home mm-hmm. games, I've been going out there for, for many years. Um, press box situation, watching but, with the other members of the media. Well, that, they, they removed field privileges um, uh, a while ago. I okay. think for like 2014, you can go hang out on the field. You can't anymore now. You're kind of landlocked up there. Uh, the media, they, they give you a good spread? You got hot dogs and stuff? What's going on up there? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I'd say it's even a a step above hot dogs. You know, for a a night game, they'll have kind of a a nice uh, cutlery station where you can get some some pot roast or or steak. It's it's a good situation. Come on, potatoes, yeah, it's it's catered. It's uh, I don't want to talk it up too much, but it's it's pretty good. Well, I mean, you know, we're technically members of the media too, so you know, get some extra passes, Sam. You know, we're to hook us up. You know what I'm saying? I could go for a little steak sandwich and a little Monday night football game. Uh, that's a joke. I'm not actually. Sub- I'm not. I'm not going on air and asking for passes. I can't go to the game anyway. I'm yeah. just saying. We'll trade them out next time. Little River Band comes to town. We can get you hooked up with some backstage passes <laughs> if you can get us in the U.S. Bank. Yeah, right on. A little quick quid pro quo i like it that sounds good yeah sure Uh, okay well then i guess one question left and i may have already asked you this forgive me if i have but what was your first concert who's the first band you ever saw oh man probably uh probably keen you know keen keen Keen. yeah keen's a they're a british group um somewhere only we know is their big hit um define big Say again. I said, define big in big hit. <laughs> Keen. I don't. I don't remember that band at all. But boy, everyone's googling them now. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll email you a link to their music. I'm sure you've heard that song. You may not have attributed it to Keen, but um, they're they're fairly they're fairly popular. Maybe not as much in the states. Um, gotcha. But I'm a big fan. Yeah, and that's that's a little more modern than Little Little River Band. Um, so I'll. They're not really oh. in my the typical genre. You know what? I was I was imagining K E E N. I just realized K E A N E. I do remember that band name Keen for mm-hmm. sure. Yes, absolutely. I may have yeah. played at a festival on a bill with Keen. Now that I think about it, in fact, I'm almost positive I did. Sam Ekstrom. Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta think about that. I I'm almost positive I I was on a. I think I just have a poster 
like from a festival we played, like just in my attic somewhere. And yeah. I think Key, the name Keen is on one of those posters. Right. So I must have I, I must have played somewhere with them at some point in, in the world. All right, fair enough. Um, let's see. Hey, who else is on the show today? Oh, that's right, Miss Pat. Where is? Where, you know what? I'll tell you this. Where's Miss Pat playing? Anybody know off the top of their heads? When's this Pantages gig? Pantages tomorrow night. The Pantages tomorrow night. Well, that's pretty awesome. And uh, even more awesome is the fact that she's with us on the horn at 9 o'clock. Hang tight. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. Devonnie's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities, has been family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Whether it's team gatherings, family meals, work lunches, or just craving familiar comfort food, Devonnie's is your trusted go-to. If you're looking for delivery, takeout, or somewhere to dine in, they've got you covered. Do you have a large group to feed? They're the large order experts you can count on. Order online at Devonnie's.com. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I had the best time. It was challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. And if it wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like it was. Hey, it was fine. Because I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Zip, Tony, Candace, and Steve Gorman are the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It's Thursday, October the 19th. Good morning. Zep is still in London. Rudy Pavich is still hanging out with us, and we're having a good day. If you're just now joining us, uh, what have we done today? We gave away some Queen tickets. We talked to Sam Eckhart. Was Sam about the Vikings. We, uh, mm-hmm. Ekstrom, I said Eckhart. Sam Ekstrom about mm-hmm. the Vikings. Um. And we're about to talk to Miss Pat. Oh my gosh, she's at the Pantages cool. tomorrow night. That's a funny woman. One of the best. Um, I- yeah, like, uh, and she's got a new TV show. We'll get into it with her, mm-hmm. but yeah, a lot going on in the world of Miss Pat. Make no mistake about it. Atlanta girl. Have to talk about the old ATL. Nice. We were down there kicking around at the same time. I don't think we lived in the same neighborhood. Maybe though, there was a time when I was uh, out on the. She was in. I, well, you know what? We'll, we'll figure it out with her. If I if I have it right, we actually might have been neighbors for a brief period of time in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, uh, Bert Young passed on yesterday. Actor yeah. Bert Young at the age of eighty three. And if you're going, wait, who's Bert Young? He was Paulie in the Rocky movies. Paulie, you know the mm-hmm. mumble mouth, uh, but Rocky's best friend, his guy, Paulie. Bert Young was the highest paid actor in Rocky One. Really? Oh, yeah, because he was a name. He was already a name. Stallone wrote and directed and starred in, but didn't make a nickel up front. Mm-hmm. You know, he basically had to do it for free in order to do it the way he wanted to do it. I'm sure he did just fine on the back end. But uh, Burt Young, yeah, he was like the one guy in the movie that had a little bit of juice. Therefore, he made more than anyone else. And this is one of those guys who... Um, 160 film and television credits. Mm-hmm. He was in Once Upon a Time in America. He was in Chinatown. Huh. Those two alone, pretty iconic films. But he's all, the minute Rocky hit theaters, he was just the guy from Rocky. Yeah. He was. Um, he played such a good drunk. I just thought that guy was. I didn't realize he was an actor. I just thought he was like a drunk guy that they just <laughs> yeah. had on set, and they were like, "Well, let's just put him in there." Um, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, that 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 tells you all you need to know. Yeah. I, but yeah, it's weird if you see an interview with him and you're like, "Well, he's he's not he's not Paulie." Well, yes, he's articulate, yeah. refined. It, he's it, actually that guy. It was kind of like when uh, Joe Pesci. 
you know, it was a, somebody had showed me, you know, all these mobster movies are like him and Raging Bull, and I was like, the guy from that's the Home Alone guy. That's not that's not he's he's <laughs> oh the Home God, Alone guy. That's how, that was my, that was my first introduction into Joe Pesci. I didn't realize wow. that he had this back catalog of amazing movies. Yeah, he's got a whole other uh, whole other world going before that. As amazing as that might sound, mm-hmm. um, let's see what else. So, um, uh, Bert, you know, there was another one I saw that he was in, but yeah, again, I mean, it's kind of like. Um, you know what's the guy? What's the guy? Radar on Mash. Gary Berghoff. The guy was in a million things. He's just one guy. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Farr is Klinger. Like, do, why even try another part? Right. Burt Young. Like, literally, you you work hard. You're in all these movies, and then everybody uh-huh. on earth just calls you Paulie for the rest of your life. Not that I'm sure he was complaining. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb, and the he like you said, he's got 167 credits on there. I recognize four. And oh really? Rocky one, two, three, and four, and that is <laughs> as much as I know. The, he's got, Ch- Chinatown. You're not hip to Chinatown. I, I kind of remember that. Um, Once upon a time in America. Obviously, I remember yeah. that. Uh, he did a uh, episode of Tales from the Crypt. Okay. So I was a big fan when I was younger. But the rest of these, I mean, some of that. You know, 1997. He did one episode of The Outer Limits. I bet there was some kid who grew up watching Rocky who got his big break on The Outer Limits, and then he showed up and was like, "I love you in those movies." And uh, yeah, and he's going, "Ah, kid, just get out of my dressing room. Like, I don't want to talk about being Paulie anymore. I'm done." I would imagine that. Uh, yeah, probably a better chance that that happened than not. Yeah, no question about it. Um, uh, we, I, I'm trying to think. I had another Burt Young. There was something else, and now it's escaped me already. But uh, anyway, 83 years old. Nice run. Anybody that gets 167 credits was doing something right. Yeah. There is a uh, there's a par three golf course in Studio City in in Los Angeles, uh, a town. Uh, I mean, it's a, literally a neighborhood called Studio City. So as mm-hmm. you might imagine, uh, North Hollywood, other side of the hill from like the Hollywood Hollywood. But uh, there's a little par three golf course I've played a million times for years. I go there. It's called the Wits. It's on a street called Witsit. Little every hole's 90 yards. Just great thing to do. Kill 30, 40 minutes. Every time I'm there, I see at least one, like a Burt Young, like a character actor. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they all live in that area. Sure. They, yeah, got some I, time to kill. You, every time, I'm there's at least one guy or or, or or a woman on that course, and I'm like, wait, who is that? They're, and then you're like, oh, wait, that's that's Madge from the You're Soaking In It commercials. I mean, <laughs> references go back that far. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, that's the guy that was on three episodes, like Sam the Butcher from the Brady Bunch in the early 90s. <laughs> I think it's like guys like that you'd see out there. And I'm always like, the character actors, they love pitch mm-hmm. and putt. They love the short golf courses. Mm-hmm. But I, I guarantee you someone saw Burt Young playing there once. There's just no way he didn't take Hopefully. a nine iron and a putter out and see what he could do. Yeah. <laughs> It's just how that goes. Um, but anyway, Bert, nice run. Sylvester Stallone paid tribute to him online. Very oh. glowing, mm-hmm. loving thing. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice to see that Stallone is still out there, man, just cranking him out. I think Stallone is one of those guys that could have easily just stopped what he was doing his career and been sure. done, and that was it. And he just decided to keep it rolling, yeah. No, no, low to the ground. He's, he's still got he's still got a lot left in him. Uh, hey, guess what? Miss Pat's at the Pantages tomorrow night here in Minneapolis, and Miss Pat, more importantly, is on the phone with us right now. Good morning. Good morning. I, uh, you are a busy woman. It's funny. Your 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 uh, website says comedian, author, radio host, podcaster, actress. It doesn't say judge, however, but that's about to change. Oh, that's about to change right now. Give me to the day. You you <laughs> have got a t- new TV show. You're sitting behind the desk, and uh, you're going to settle it. That's what the show's called. Miss Pat settles it. 
Uh, it's nice to be on the other side of the bench because I, boy, I've been on the other side where I <laughs> well, left out of that with handcuffs on. That's that's where I was going with this. Who better to to you know sit at the on with her hand on the scales of justice than somebody who's been on the the underside of that situation? Yeah, I know what it feels like to feel uh, out of bath and body work, and I know how to sentence them for, for doing it. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you are from Atlanta. What part of town were, did you grow up in? Where did you get into trouble? What, what, I, I lived there for years. Where exactly were you? The West End of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you can say. Mm-hmm. That's right. But if you're from That's... Atlanta, you know where that is. <laughs> I sure do. Get down on that number 26 bus and look out. <laughs> um so so as a but as a teenager you got into all kinds of trouble you you bounced out you did well and and a caseworker a caseworker trying to help you get on the straight and narrow path looked at you and said comedy might be an avenue for you i went in every day trying to make her cry so she can give me extra food stamps and free things and she laughed at me and said you should be a comedian oh and i'm gosh. like i'm not looking for no job <laughs> and, and, and how old were you at this time? I was about 19. Man. Well, she saw something. She sure did. She saw something in me that I never saw because I thought I was going to be forever shoplifting and doing crazy stuff and getting shot and getting hit by buses. But she changed my life. And so you still do those things now, but it's just for fun. You don't do that because you have to. That's the difference, right? I don't know nobody who gets shot for fun <laughs> That's a very good point. Miss <laughs> Pat, I've seen you do t- t- plenty of roast battles, and I'm such a fan. I'm also a comic and a uh, former felon as well, so we got a lot in common. But uh, one of the, my favorite jokes that was ever said about you was, uh, Miss Pat, you know what don't miss Pat? Bullets. That's one of my favorite roast jokes. <laughs> and then you came back and just fired this guy and just lit him up. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Was that Chicago? Chicago, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. You know, you talk about this tour being called the Your Girl Done Made It Tour. And as a comic, what were some of the things that happened when you first got on the road before you made it? Like, do you have any great stories, you know, from the hotels or bookers that didn't pay you or anything that could have happened? Okay, I don't even think I ever told this story out loud. But I, what, we used to go to an open mic in Atlanta, and my, I wanted to be a comic at the time, but I had really never been on stage a lot. And my friends signed me up, but if the audience didn't like you, they threw Nerf balls at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh and God. all I said, my name is Miss Pat, and this guy threw a Nerf ball, hit me right in my forehead. And boy, I went off. I said, for, I was cursing. I ain't going to curse now, but I'm like, forget these jokes. Y'all let rob his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and that's probably the most humiliating thing that ever happened to me on stage. And I used to have it on VCR tape. I need to look for it when I move. But he hit me, baby. It was over. Man, that is fantastic. Pat is uh, Miss Pat is at the Pantages tomorrow night. The Your Girl Done Made It tour. Uh, have you made it? Do you get a sense that you made it, or is it all still in front of you? It's all still in front of me. According to my husband and my bank account, I made it. But to me, I'm just I just got a job and I'm having fun. Yeah, I hear you. We were talking earlier in the show about when, as a parent, you know, it's it's rough when your kids, uh, at some point around, you know, adolescence, they realize you're not cool. In fact, you're anything but cool. Did you go through that as a mom, or were your kids always pretty cool with their mom being a comedian? Oh, I, I'm black. Uh, oh, being a comedian? Yeah. My kids pretty good. They cool with me being a comedian, but they ain't really cool with me. <laughs> okay. All I right. raised my kids to be cool. I raised my kids to let them know I'd knock your eyeballs upside down. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, in other words, you're a good mom. I am a good mom, and they don't care. They, I think they care sometimes what I put on stage, but I don't care that they care. Because if it's funny, that means somebody else is going through it. So I put everything out there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way to be. Miss Pat at Pantages tomorrow night. And then let's go back to this show, though. Miss Pat settles it. A Judge Judy-style courtroom show. It's going to premiere on BET. Uh, it did yesterday, I should say, October 18th. I, I, was this your idea, or did somebody come to you and say, I could see you in a black robe with a gavel in your hand? Uh, it was my idea, but it wasn't. I it was for, I pissed it for, to put somebody else as a judge. And the network said, why don't you try it? I said, but I'm a convicted felon. They said, but it's TV. You can be God. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I started handing out blessings. So that, <laughs> so that's, but that's got to be fun, and and it's a different type of jury, correct? Oh yeah, this is the first time you ever seen a, a courtroom with a jury, and it's jurors of my peers, my friends, my kids, my trash man, whoever I bring in now can get in that jury box to help me settle this. I like I like the jury of the judges' peers. That <laughs> that that is pretty fantastic, right there. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's, it sounds it sounds fantastic. So, um, are you uh, di- are you still are you still excited when you see tour dates and you're getting ready to go on the road? Does that still light you up, or you think you're going to settle into a life as a TV star and get off the road one day? Oh, I would never give up comedy. Comedy is what I control. They can shut down them lights on them TV shows at any time. Mm-hmm. But only I can shut down my lights on this comedy on this road. I, comedy is for me, baby. Miss Pat, mm. I imagine you probably have writers on the judges' show. Is it hard when somebody gives you a stinker of a joke and you go, "I got this. I'm, I'm way better it, than you it, are." You know what? I didn't have one writer. Really? Everything was ab lib nice. out of my head. Mm. Very nice. Because sometimes on shows like this, they 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 sort of present them as, mm-hmm. "No, this is off the cuff and it's her being wild." But in the meantime, there's you know 60 people in a back room all writing on note cards jokes and handing them to the host. Yeah, of course. And I promise you. I promise you a Chick-fil-A number one sandwich. I did all of that on my own. Good. Good for you. Man, right there. I, I, and it's hard for me to take a joke from somebody. And I didn't know. Now, I, I told them, I said, I don't want to hear not one case. I want it all to be a natural reaction. And that's what you got last night. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Miss Pat's at the Pantages tomorrow night. If you go to misspatcomedy.com, you can get tickets and show info right there. Miss Pat, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I hope you have a great night in uh, Minneapolis tomorrow night. Hey, let me ask you something. How cold is it there? Do I need to put on two or three pair of underwear? <laughs> you can wear a thong, Miss Pat. It's only, it's like 69. Girl, I can't wear a thong. I'm still sick, and I don't cut back there. I thought you knew something I didn't. I'm just saying it's going to be warm. Six nine ain't warm. I need my underwear. My neck, my drawers come with a turtle neck. You're talking to an Atlanta girl, man. Your definition of warm and hers are very different things, Candace. you got to remember that. Yeah, you're not going to – well, you you get in the mid-60s. It's it's survivable for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I just put on two pairs. I can't wait to see y'all tomorrow. All right, thanks, Miss Pat. Great to talk to you. Bye-bye. See you. Man. And I'm just picturing her getting in, hit in the forehead with a Nerf ball. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That's outstanding. Uh, th- I, I'm picturing her um, a, 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 a two-time mom as a teenager and then in prison. 
yeah. on drug mm-hmm. charges and out by 19. And then someone, yeah. and, I mean, literally. And then it's like, you know, actually, comedy might be the angle. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a run for her the last 30 years. Jeez. Yeah. You know, there's one thing she was talking about getting her, uh, hit with that Nerf ball. And as a comic, when those things sort of happen, and you can definitely tell, especially the people who aren't famous yet, you can tell the people who are going to go on to bigger things when how they handle those situations. Because Miss Pat, to get hit with a Nerf ball and then tell the audience to rob that person, yeah. that is somebody who can think on their feet and is yeah. funny. I saw, really a, uh, I, I saw a gal uh, down in Louisville, Kentucky like a month ago get booed off the stage. She was devastated. And I thought, yeah. listen, this sucks and I, I feel bad for you, but you got to have thick skin. You got to do it. You got to do it. And it, it's going to happen. Plus, you're 22. You'll bounce back. These people aren't going to remember you. It's Man, fine. You got to have the thickest skin. Yeah. Uh, that is an absolute fact. Hey, check this out. The 92 KQRS kickback jackpot is at seven grand. You can meet up with Woody and Bud Light at Heartbreakers in Chaska during the first half of Monday night's game. And if you do, sign up for the kickback jackpot. If the first play of the second half is a kickoff return for a touchdown by either team, you could win $7,000. If not, we're going to roll the prize money over to the next game and we'll add another 1000 to the pot. Woody and Bud Light, Heartbreakers and Chaska, during Monday night's game. Get there. Complete contest rules at 92kqrs.com. It's time to learn a little something next. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It is Thursday, October the 19th. Rudy Povich in for Zep all week. We're having a very good time. Again, thank you, sir. This thank you. Been, this has been a blast. Yeah. One more day to go, and then uh, and then it's back to the grind with Brian Zep, who's in London. He's having a good time. Uh, we can't wait to have him regale us with tales of too many pints and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I hope he brings us back presents. He'll bring us back some fish and chips. Yeah. Might be a little soggy by the time it gets here. Oh, I don't care. Maybe some crisps. The fi- yeah. that'll the, all get soggy. It'll all be, it, you'll just you'll just pour it down your throat as if it were oysters. Mm, hot. Why do I talk about oysters? Did you hear this story? A woman in Atlanta posted a TikTok video, which has now gone viral, viral, viral. Millions of views. She went to a restaurant and ate 48 oysters. 48 oysters uh, and how she was left footing the bill. She sat down on a date, a, a person she had met on a dating app. They got together. They decided to go to a seafood restaurant. They had a special, a platter of oysters for $15. And she was like, hey, I'm on a date with this guy. I'm going to get my I'm going to get my fill. And she, again, went through four dozen oysters. <laughs> uh, she's having a good time. Dude gets up to go to the bathroom and never returns. Thank uh. you. Guy was sitting across the table watching her slurp down 48 oysters and made the decision, (laughs) maybe she's not for me. Big mistake. I would say that's a big Mm -hmm. mistake. These aren't aren't oysters an aphrodisiac. Yes. Well, of course, if you need 48 of them, maybe that's her way of telling you you're not so hot. I don't know. It's like watching people eat chicken wings. It just disgusts me with the oysters. The the slurp. Ah, The slurp. Ah, Gross. It's like hearing people brush their teeth. Go in the bathroom and do. That's where that's for. Ugh, can't do it. No? No. I like oysters, but oysters to me are always a couple, three. Okay, I'll take the fourth one if I have to. Right. That's good. I could eat like 20. Yeah, but ha- would you? Uh, yeah. yeah, you could, but would you really? Yeah, I love them. That'd be just your whole meal. It's protein, baby. Okay, so are a lot of things. I'm so actually a- uh, doing an oyster shucking class next Tuesday at Smack Shack. I'm pretty stoked. Really? Yeah, dude. Fair enough. Hmm. 
watch out. Okay. Okay, very good. If you sat down at a table with someone on a date, first date, and they put down four dozen oysters, you wouldn't be at all. Candace, you'd be totally cool with that. Uh, yeah, I'd go, I'd go for it. Absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't no. know. What about the opposite too? Because I was on a date with a girl one time. We went to a restaurant and she ordered a like a seventeen or eighteen dollar hamburger with fries and the side and all okay. that. Okay. Took two bites and then was done. And uh, the, you know the waitress comes up and goes, "Oh, hey, how was the meal? Are you guys done with that?" And she said, "Yeah." And she pushed it across the table. And I was like, uh, "Can you box that up?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> and the girl, really? the girl's like, "What?" I was like, "I'll, I'll take that home." <laughs> Yeah, and she goes. Uh, she goes and the look on her face was like, "Okay." And I'm like, "Listen, I'm the one flipping the bill here. It's eighteen dollars yeah. worth of hamburger yeah. that is going to go in the trash. I'm going to eat that later." Of so course. Yes, I think th- that was her <laughs> moment for me looking at this guy going, oh. "I can't be with him. No way." Do you no. cut Maybe off it was the? A test. Do you cut off the piece where she bit it? Nah, no, I just All bit right. right. <laughs> I had a yeah. hair in my drink last night. I just pulled it right out and drank. And I'm yeah, one of those of guys. Yeah. yeah. Of course. I had a, uh, the first time, I, I love Indian food. I, I had Indian food last night. I, it will be my dying meal if, if things go according to plan. It will be some sort of Indian meal. The first time I ever went into an Indian restaurant, as the guy put the, he was putting the, bringing the food to the table. And, you know, he's like, and here's your korma, and here's your vindaloo, and here, you know, he's announcing what everything's called. Mm-hmm. It was a group of us. So it was a lot of food. Just the aroma coming out of the food, I was already like, oh my God, how have, I was 21, and I'm like, how have I never had this food before? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was I was already in heaven just from how it smelled. And then he put down this giant platter of rice for everyone to use. And right on top of the of the pilau rice was a fly, a dead fly. Mm. And and one of the girls at the table goes, um, "There's that's a fly in the rice." And the waiter goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." And he just picked it up and walked away with it. Yeah. And I went. Uh, I, it, it could have been a lizard and that I would eat because of how good this food smells. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's, They're it's, in there anyway, whether you see it or not. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's yeah. like, we don't, we don't want to know. I, at that time that happened, I worked at a pizza place. We had so many mice in our pizza establishment mm. that we had a cat who lived there and operated as a mouser during business hours <laughs> in full view of customers. <laughs> the cat was named Hobart. Hobart was also the dough mixing machine. You'd put the flour in the water, oh, and it's that yeah, arm yeah. that mixes. The company that makes that is Hobart. So that's what we named the cat. Good. Just a gray mouser deluxe. And in the middle, uh, this is Fellini's Pizza in Little Five Points, Atlanta, in the late 80s, uh, which is now a, a completely clean and beautiful, wonderful establishment. They, they cleaned up Fellini's when uh, w- w- the owner got cleaned up, and then suddenly his restaurants got cleaned up. Yeah. <laughs> But Hobart would you you'd have people we'd be playing rock loud rock music we're having a great night we're all drinking Foster's oil cans on the job it's the best <laughs> job I ever had and then you'd see someone go oh my god and you'd look over and here's this couple and they've got their calzone and a salad and they're splitting it and they've got a little red wine and right at their feet is a cat eating a mouse <laughs> and we'd be like it's okay that's our cat that's fine. He's supposed to do that. Yeah. That's did his you, job. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you not read the Yelp review, ma'am? Obviously, people know. That's Jeez. why they come here. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the charm. Cat. It's like, by the way, yeah, yeah, you're, you're in a pizza place where the equal uh, equal parts beer and Dayquil being chugged by yeah. the staff at all times just to make us, you know, just to get us through. You know, that, that, that was the old Fellini's Pizza Speedball. It wasn't Coke and heroin. It was Foster's and Dayquil. Oh, nice. Over-the-counter Speedball. Yeah. That was more my speed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did, this, did the work. Got, you know, kept you up while you got down. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's good stuff. Uh, the only problem with that job uh, was not, it wasn't the mice and the cat. 
And it wasn't the angry, drunk customers at 2 a.m. that you had to deal with. It was literally what, once a month someone had to clean the grease trap. Ever done that in a restaurant? Mm-mm. Mm-mm, can't imagine. Do you even know what that is? Nope. No. I can't even. I don't know where Just to do start. It. start L- well, in the in the pipe, all the grease that washes down, there's a thing called a grease trap, and uh-huh. it's a separate little reservoir, so it doesn't clog your pipes. Mm-hmm. But there's basically, in the floor of this establishment, there was a little trap door, and you open it, and there is a... Uh, 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 like a bucket sized, uh, uh, like like a square bucket metal yeah. that all the grease filters into, and it sits there for weeks and months at a time. And every few months, someone has to take it, pull it out of the floor, and go dispose of it. And there's a seal on the top of that grease because it sits there at room temperature and like cold, you mm-hmm. know gets kind of nasty. And the key is don't shake it, don't puncture the seal. Because then the odor comes out, oh, okay. and Traps it would and it would clear the whole restaurant literally if you if someone punctured that seal. And the first time I ever had to open the I open the hatch, I look at it, and the guy's telling me he goes, "Now just pick it up slowly and walk it out the back. Don't don't shake it, don't drop it, don't do anything." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, no problem." And then I stood up to grab something, and there was just a one knife. I'm when you when you're cleaning the grease trap, you're also doing dishes. You're washing dishes in a sink. And I had a knife, and it fell out of my hand and went straight punctured through. And I kid you not, the entire restaurant, everyone gets up and leaves within 30 seconds. The smell was, it was like, it was beyond toxic. So, yeah, a little worse than the cat and the mouse. But that's, you know, that's just what it was. Where do you, where do you put it? Uh, I don't even remember. I just walked, there was a thing in the back door. There was some kind of receptacle, but I'm not really sure. That was the same time that my buddy Len Todd, God rest his soul, one of my favorite people, came into work one day and he had a new tattoo on his throat. And it was a tattoo that showed like a razor blade cutting into his throat with blood. And I go, yo, dude. I go, what is that? He goes, what is this? This is my guarantee that I'll be working in the food service industry for the rest of my life. Oh, that's funny. I was like, man, self-awareness out the, out the wazoo. We've had a great time, Rudy. Thank you again, brother. It's time to look back. History lesson time. On this day, just one year ago, sports history, Philly's right-handed pitcher Aaron Nola faced his own brother, Austin Nola, in a Major League Baseball playoff game. Big brother gave two hits up. I'm sorry, gave one hit up and two at-bats to little brother. And I just love the idea of brothers going at it with such stakes in a playoff baseball game. In football, like the Kelsey brothers, they're never on the field at the same time. No. They both play offense. Mm-hmm. How about a pitcher and a batter opposite teams? That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. That's that's an awesome moment for the family. An even better moment for the younger brother who got over on Big Brother. As the youngest of a family, oh man, I'd still be texting him every day. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a situation where there's nothing on the line and you're pitching to your little brother, do you bean him just once? Always just for old times' sake. Yeah, you got to. You don't plunk bean him. him. You don't bean him. But you, that hip, oh, it's yeah, just hanging over yeah, the plate. Yeah, yeah. No question. The KQ Morning Show, ninety-two KQRS. Davani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities and family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Delivery, takeout, or dine-in, they've got you covered. Order online at davani's.com.